Guys, love to welcome you to the Dad Bod Pod. It's December the 5th. This is episode 13. Shoot, we've entered the teens. Um, so 13, we have our have my friend Cody Fisher here on the pod tonight, and we'd love to welcome him. Thanks for coming. Thanks, Thanks. for being part of the pod. Thanks for having me. It's an honor. Um, you're the last, the last member of the league to to come on board, mm-hmm. and it's so fun to have you. So thanks for thanks for making it work. Yeah, sorry it took so long. I'm glad to be here. No, you're totally great. Uh, somebody had to be had to be the last guy. Um, now we'd love to just get a quick intro, a little short bio. Mm-hmm. Give us the scoop. Tell us, tell us just a tad about Cody Fisher. Yeah. Um, so I am originally from Nashville, Tennessee. Um, and uh, grew up there, went to college there, and moved up here after college. Uh, Madison, my wife, and I got married after college and moved up here. She was working for RUF um, at UVA. Uh, this was the year before uh, Pastor Bob Cunningham came to town. And uh, I was working uh, in Richmond uh, at Capital One and then ended up working for RUF uh, for a couple years after that with Robert. And uh, then just started law school here um, this year, this fall. And uh, Madison and I just had our first baby, too. His name is Ford. He is almost 11 weeks old. 11 weeks old this Friday. Um, He's doing great. And uh, we love Charlottesville. It's it's been a great, it's been a place that's been very good to us. How did you and Madison meet? We met in high school. So we were friends in high school, started dating um, at the end of high school. Uh, both went to Vanderbilt in Nashville and dated through college and then got married uh, the summer after. That is right. That's, that's totally crazy. I forgot about that. Yeah, it's been, it's kind of crazy. I was 17 on our first date. And wow. uh, yeah, so wow. that was, that was many years ago. We kind of grew up. I mean, yeah, there's like, <laughs> feels like bit. I don't even, I don't even kind know. Of, you definitely did. I don't even know what we talked about. Like when we were dating as 18 and 19 year olds, but talked about something. And now you have a baby. Mm-hmm. And little man's doing well. He's doing great. He's smiling. He's eating a lot. He's getting really fat. He poops. He, he poops. Uh, he poops a lot, and he always poops up his back and gets his gets the poop on the back of his clothes. And it's insane the number of uh, pairs of clothes we go through in one day because he poops like a champion. He's killing all the important things. He's doing great. And eleven weeks into your dad bod. How are you feeling about that, especially with the combine? I know. Gosh. So I'm a, I'm a runner, and I love I love running, but it's been, uh, yeah, these last 11 weeks, it's, it's not been, have not run very much. And so I'm feeling feeling like my body is changing more than it has in a long time. And uh, I hope I can stop that trend, but we'll see. I am excited for the combine, though. Um, that sounds like a really fun idea. I'm not very good at football, but I think it'd be very fun to play some tackle football. Do we do we think that's actually going to happen? Like, is the combine definitely a thing, or is it doubtful? What do you think? I think it's going to happen. It will happen. What it's do you think the most serious injury will be if we play tackle football? If we were to play a game of tackle football with this league, people are into it. There's going to be injuries. What do you think is the most serious one? Two people tear the ACL. Mm. I'm staying away from ligament tears, but I think I break a collarbone for the third time. Oh wow! <laughs> it's my third broken collarbone would definitely happen in that game. I'm just seeing an incident where I collide with some combination of Sean, Steven, Travis, Seth, Trey, someone significantly larger than me. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we go to the ground. I land first. They land second. 
gravity takes over. My brittle bones uh, do what they've done in the past. I don't want to think about it. I, uh, Third broken collarbone. I was a camp counselor in college, and I had this one camper who was a pain. Um, and it was the end of the session, and he had caused a lot of trouble. And the last night, he fell down. We were playing some there was some game, some tribal game going on, and he had fallen. And he came to me and said he was hurt, and checked him out. Thought he was fine, um, and he was he was the kind of camper that made a big deal out about made a big deal out of small things. And so I, uh, I brushed it aside and then found out an hour later that he had broken his collarbone and I felt terrible. It's my experience with broken collarbones. <laughs> it can be a hard one to diagnose. The second time I did it, I knew immediately because of the first time. But, you know, unless it's like poking through the skin or yeah. it can be hard to tell. And they don't do much for it. They throw <laughs> you in a sling and say, wait eight weeks, you'll be fine. My only experience with Bones is to watch Aaron Rodgers break his huh. twice and the Packers uh, playoff chances um, go down with it. Uh, yeah, what do we think about uh, head, head coach? Gone. I was shocked. Good news, bad news. I was shocked. I think that there's a part of me that thinks this is a guy that has done an immense amount of good for the Green Bay Packers. Mm-hmm. And why not give him the dignity of finishing the season? But at the same time, I think you're in a tough business. You're in the business to win. There's not a lot to feel sorry about. Like, I mean, this is a guy who gets to do something he loves. A lot of money at stake. Like, I guess I shouldn't feel too much sympathy, but part of me wonders if they should have given him a little bit of dignity if I let him finish. But uh, I don't know. There's nothing wrong with having a leg up. Like, they, they can start the search now. You know? mm-hmm. So, did I see there was, was there some drama too about? I think I saw a headline about another coach. Was there an assistant coach that got fired that tweeted something about Rodgers? Yeah, this guy, Winston Moss. He's kind of a punk, though. I'm, I'm surprised he's actually still on the team. Uh, he's they the, the Packers have stopped letting him participate in media events because he's just a butt. Uh, it's really interesting. Like uh, He says nasty things to the reporters. <laughs> wow. And uh, it's pretty gruff and you know not very informative. So the fact that he was still around is... Is pretty surprising to me, but you know what? What do I know about football coaches? Um, but yeah, he tweeted something, and hours later he was gone. So pretty wild. It is interesting, and a good thing I think is that I'm not a huge Aaron Rodgers fan, and I think that the onus will absolutely be on him to perform well next season. He won't have any excuses. Good coach, bad coach, whatever. Like, like Aaron Rodgers needed to play like Aaron Rodgers. So. Hmm. Um, I'm a big Aaron Rodgers fan. I didn't realize that. You know, I when just, you traded Mahomes for Rodgers, I figured got to be a big Rodgers fan. Worst trade of the season. Mm. <clears throat> I will say Keenan Allen has outperformed Brown, Antonio Brown. Yeah, I was a fan of Antonio Brown for Allen and Mixon. I thought that was a good trade. And then the Mahomes Rodgers secret part of the trade. I do came I, out, and I was like, wow, yeah. big mistake. Caleb, undo, undo. Caleb, really want you to get me some data on what would my life, my fantasy life be like had I not made that trade. Uh, let me know. I'm super curious. Let's jump back to Cody, though. Hopes and dreams, plans after UVA. Kind of taking it a year at a time right now. I think that we, we have loved Charlottesville. I can see us wanting to stay here. Um, we also, both of our families are in Nashville. We love Nashville a lot. They definitely see us wanting to go back that way, too. Madison's currently in counseling school. She's getting a master's in counseling. So we'll both be um, kind of 
having to make those more kind of career decisions here in a couple of years. But until then, we're pretty happy to be here and just take it a year at a time. Jamie, you want to jump to that question you were thinking about earlier? Which one? Back to the league? Yeah, back to the league. Back to the league. So on episode one of the podcast, Travis hit us with the first news alert of the season. The LP, owner Michael Benz, stepping out of the league. After a second place finish. After a second place finish, simultaneously announces his replacement, Cody Fisher, is taking his spot. You're the new guy in the league. One. Let me interject and say, I was reading that. I remember feeling nervous, like, who the heck is joining our league? I hope it's not some stranger. And then I heard it was you. I was pumped. So I was really glad. Thanks. So sad to see Michael go. Awesome to hear that, that you were taking a spot. So there, there wasn't a whole lot of time between those two things happening. It was boom, boom. This happened. Here it is. Cody's in. I'm interested in one. What did you think you were signing yourself up for? And two, like what, what has been your initial impression of the league? You've had a strong season, made the playoffs right off the bat. Matt's been waiting a long time for that honor. <laughs> yeah, just kind of curious. Where do you land on all these things? People want to hear from you. Take that yeah. multi-question thrown at you in any direction you want. Yeah, I well, so first of all, it's been a real uh, honor to be in the league. I'm very thankful that Travis asked me. I uh, I was weeding this this place around our house that had an enormous amount of weeds in the middle of the summer, and it was hot, and uh, I was sweaty and had mulch all over me. And um, Travis slowed down in the car on the street right there, and I went to say hey to him, and he said, "You need to be in our league." And I haven't played fantasy football in a long time, so I was a little hesitant. And he was like, "No, you should do it." And very glad that he asked me to do it. And um, yeah, I think I, it, it has far exceeded my expectations. So my only my only other fantasy football experience is from high school. Um, I haven't played in a long time. Um, last time I played fantasy football, uh, Tiki Barber was my was my go-to guy. Um, who did he play for? The Giants? Yeah. Shout out to Seth. Um, so it's been a long time. I, I grew up a big NFL fan, big Titans fan, went to a lot of games. Um, but in college kind of drifted away. Um, Titans were really bad. Didn't have cable TV. I got really into the NBA. And so, um, yeah, kind of drifted away, but have always at least stayed somewhat, uh, apprised of NFL events through the Titans. And, uh, this league has been great for me and get me back into the NFL. Um, it's been really fun, really fun this year. I, um, I think that, uh, yeah, I hope that sounds like, Michael is who I replaced. Sounds like he was a big presence. Um, I wish I could have been around more this year uh, at you know attending different games and such, but hopefully we'll be able to as things die down a little bit uh, here in the next few months. I'd love to start coming to some more games. Um, yeah, and then I also clearly got got really lucky this year. Well, Matt and I were talking about this before the podcast. <laughs> I got lucky and I got unlucky. Uh, so when I heard about the, uh, the punishment, the uh, stand-up comedy. Was, that's pretty terrifying, I think, for anybody. Um, and so I, I did a lot of research before draft night, came in with a plan, um, felt good about my team leaving the draft night. And then after week one, uh, Bell was still not reporting. Uh, Delaney Walker, who was uh, Mar- Mariota's kind of go-to guy, he had broken his leg. Derek Henry was a non-factor. Um, 
Yeah. And I was like, well, shit, I'm going to be the stand-up guy. AJ Green has kind of been off and on. Yeah. Injured. Yeah, he's now hurt. So I thought for sure I was going to be that guy. And um, so that was the unlucky side of things. The the fortunate side of things is, you know, I've I've made the playoffs, which is great, even though I have the uh, only the 10th most most points. points. Yeah. Um, Defense wins championships. (laughs) That's what I hear. So important in fantasy. Uh, so important. Who so is it? Seventh, seventh place has 250 more points yeah. than Cody. Who's that? Is that Travis? Yep. Yeah. And Seth right, has a good number too. Um, so, yeah, credit to where credit is due. But I was, I was happy to get in there. Happy to sneak in. Um, yeah. And then my receivers have really worked out well for me, which has been good. Um, so much good luck. So much bad luck. Pretty strange. Yeah, it is. Uh, but I'm happy to be here. And you never know. I mean, I, I don't. My team is not in a good shape right now. I don't think I've topped 100 points in the last three weeks. Um, but you never know what can happen in any given week in fantasy. Yeah. There's a lot of arbitrariness in there. And I got the first game against Caleb, and maybe maybe can get lucky. And are, are you going to win that game? Um, you know, at this point, there's been enough that's gone well for me. I I like to think that his team will play really badly, and I'll win like you know 80 to 75 or something like that. Yeah. Um, but. Also, AJ Green is is now officially out. A running back situation is still in shambles. So we'll see. Um, yeah. So let's see. Any other notes on the league? I mean, the the league. Yeah. Just the amount of group me messages is is great. How invested people are in the and just really the day to day of the league. It's not even a week to week thing. In the league I was a part of in high school, it was it was not uncommon to play a team that forgot to set their roster and be playing people with buys and. Shout out, shout out to Robert 2016. <laughs> that does not happen. Um, so that's been really fun. Um, yeah. Any, any other follow-ups from there? That was kind of a rambling roundabout answer. I mean, it was a rambling question that turned into 20 questions. But one follow-up one, you're in school, your wife's in school, newborn baby. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You've got a lot going on. So it's been understandable that you haven't been able to make it as many events, things like that. And I think there's there's kind of been a little bit of a hands-off approach from the rest of the league. But do you think there are ways that we can better include you in things or like kind of go out of our way to, you know, for the events that you can't make it to, kind of extend kind of what we're trying to build this year in the future years? Is there a better way that we can kind of be more accommodating with this crazy schedule that you've currently got going on right now? Oh, no, I mean, I think everybody, I mean, it's been... I think it's it's a very welcoming league and i think it, it feels very accessible it's you know it's clear when people are watching games together which seems to be every sunday night or monday night and i think it's just a matter of i need to uh find the time and start coming but uh, no it's it's an incredibly accessible league uh which is that's been what's so fun too i mean i love how many people are trying to scheme trades too um that was not a big part of my last league and so you know talking to people i don't know as well um about trades, that's a fun. It's a fun way to kind of get to know somebody in a indirect way. Um, I think that's actually been that's another thing I've noted. the The social aspect of trading is really interesting. Um, as somebody that doesn't know um, everybody in the league, um, and and being a people pleaser, you know, it's you want to make people happy, but you also want to get a good deal. and And so I think that that dynamic in trading is really fun. Um, I think, for example, totally. Traco throughout the year has made some pretty hard pushes to get feeling from me. And uh, I really wanted to make it work. I, I did. I, Trey, I want to do this for you. I did. And Make he, you know, he it was one of those things where he wouldn't, uh, he would never, McCaffrey would never become part of the discussion. So 
it's kind of a non-starter, but, um, but at the same time, I really, you know, Trey, I, Trey kind of has that, that vibe. He reminds me of like, uh, somebody that's like, I don't know, like a mentor or a coach growing up that you really just, you want them, you want their approval. And so when he's, when he's asking for Thielen, I'm like, yeah, I want to make this happen. And when I couldn't, I felt bad. I felt a little guilty, but I think that our, uh, our relationship can handle it. You got to be careful what you tell, tell on the spot. I mean, Trey I might, know that's Trey might use this uh, to his advantage. <laughs> Trey, I'm Next, thinking uh, of like, Oh, Cody's a people huh. pleaser. Okay. Maybe I got to throw some more. Um, Proposals. I don't know. This I, threw, next I threw a lot of trade proposals at you, and uh, we went nowhere. Yeah. Of course, most of mine were crazy. <laughs> yeah. Um, are you saying you don't get that father mentor? I guess approval not. figure guess from not. that. Definitely I guess, not. I guess. What was the? Did you offer a bell trade early in the year, or was that who offered me Antonio for Bell, and I turned it down? I had Antonio. Was that you? Does anybody have him before you, or did you draft him? I drafted Bell. Or sorry, I drafted Brown. Did you offer a trade for Bell with him? Maybe I'm making I, that up. I probably did, but I'm sure it included other players. Yeah, there is a multi multi player yeah, yeah. deal, but I remember the big ones were Bell and um, Brown, which is yeah. funny looking back. Well, on that. I mean, speaking of that, like you had a trade somewhat recently offered to you. Mm-hmm. Talk to us about regret. Yeah, mm-hmm. so it's real. Le'Veon Bell for Sony Michelle. You had an opportunity to grab hold of a sure thing running back, top fifteen running back. And you turned it down. Mm-hmm. What can you tell us about that? How does it feel to think about that? It's hard. It's hard. Um, and that, you know, it's, it's in fantasy. It's the what could have been is it's the constant question. And um, there was probably, you know, a little bit of, of when people were coming for Bell. I don't have quite as high of a working knowledge of, of all the ins and outs of the NFL as a lot of the people in this league. And so I probably over. Well, but, to your credit. No one had any idea. That's true. That's true. But I, th- I think in that, at least that's what I thought I, about. And so when somebody would make a really hard push for Bell, I would figure that they would maybe had some inside information that I didn't. Um, also, you know, as my first round draft pick, it really would have been a shame to see him come back and blow it up and not, not have him. Um, and I think when the Michelle trade happened, they were on the fantasy charts I've been using, they were roughly equal in terms of value because there was still a, um, people were still thinking Bell would return and play those last six games. Um, but obviously that, that didn't happen. Um, but another, another word on the Bell situation, I, I get it. Like all, all the credit to Bell, like he stuck to his guns. He's the one that uh, he, he paid for his decision. Like it's not, uh, yeah. I mean, I, I think I, I understand why he was upset with the Steelers, not, um, not committing to that long-term deal, especially when a guy that, you know, a, a, position like running back and when you're carrying the ball 20 plus times a game your career can end in a in a play um so yeah as, as frustrating it was for my fantasy team um can't say that i i blame bell well i mean to me that feels like an incredibly kind thing to come out and say that's like if you're even thinking about that <laughs> this equation well i got uh, into i got really interested in the in the kind of yeah. the that whole saga but obviously it was yeah for sure it's personal to me <laughs> vested interest oh, i love it i love it uh let's jump back to the group me what'd you think of a little we had a we had a small scandal yesterday uh maybe that's what'd you call it that yeah baby scandal a baby scandal a baby scandal what's your take you know i loved it i think part of having the group me is these uh these back and forths are um uh they're really fun and i think you know like at times uh, what i think is hilarious about some of them is uh trying to 
I feel like they're always on that line of is somebody serious or are they are they joking are they joking? And I, you know, I usually assume it's uh, like when Trey comes in with some hot words against Travis. I usually assume that that's uh, he's kind of smiling as he uh, <laughs> as he types those words. Um, but yeah, I love, so I love kind of how you're never quite sure what how serious it is. I think that keeps a lot of mystery involved, keeps it interesting. Um, yesterday's I, I there were a lot of messages yesterday, and um, uh, I was definitely obviously against the move that that Sean made, mostly because it hurt my team. Um, but I thought it, it led to some good some good back and forth. I think my uh, my kind of only takeaway from it, and this is I had I wasn't able to read all the messages, but my uh, my takeaway was that I think with something like uh, I think Sean used the words weaponizing league spirit, um, and I think we should I would I would argue that we should keep keep the term league spirit um, a pretty subjective uh, flexible thing. I think if we try to nail down a um, a bright line definition for that um, that might take away from from being able to to lob it around in the group me and really get some good. <laughs> good discussion going uh but yeah i mean i think i think it, it all worked out in the end and um everybody's okay with uh with the result i mean sean's brought the enneagram mm-hmm. into this so we've started kind of broaching the topic of the way that people kind of interpret and navigate the world mm-hmm. slightly differently but we have a lot of very intelligent people a lot of very competitive people and one of the things that Travis said at kind of the resolution of yesterday's was that we don't just have competitive personalities. We've always had that, but also personalities that like to push things to the limit. If we weren't all really great dudes, this thing would blow up in a minute. Mm. And that was that was a really interesting statement to me because I never really saw this as something that was like combustible on the verge of a blow up. But what do you think about that last statement that this could blow up? It brought some stakes to the league that I, I had never considered. Mm. Yeah, I don't know. Would it blow up if we didn't have that those outside relationships? I don't know. I, I guess, you know, I take each week. I, I'm a pretty competitive person, but um, with fantasy, it's, uh, it's more of a kind of cross my fingers and the outcome is the outcome. Um, but I understand, like, the longer you've been in a league, the, the, the more you've kind of built a team and built a strategy. If that were all to kind of, I don't know, you know, something like yesterday happened and uh, all of a sudden it's at risk of falling to pieces for you and you didn't know the people you're in the league with, but it was really competitive, it could, yeah, it could, it could deteriorate pretty quickly. What do you think, Matt? See, I don't know. I, I mean, I think that, I guess I'm not really sure I agree. I think there's some element of knowing everyone that makes it, for some reason I'm thinking that makes it more high stakes and less high stakes all at the same time. I, I don't know. I, 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 could, you, could you read it again? To me it's a little confusing what he's saying. I can. It got buried a little bit. There's some breaking news here. Ah. Emmanuel Sanders tore his ACL in practice today. Glad I traded him. So... Zach says he's going to start prepping his jokes. Oh, no. Tough blow for Zach. Wow. Who was already... So sorry, Zach. Kind of in that tough break category. Wait, so I traded him Sanders and Mixon. Sanders is out now. Mixon lost his quarterback and his star wide receiver. 
Zach no longer has anybody that he drafted. Wow. I, somehow, I feel like I just stole Zeke for free. That's crazy. Hmm. Wow. Our hearts go out to Zach. I feel for you, buddy, but I also don't want to do stand-up. So there's that. But it's also on the bucket list, so I kind of do want to do stand-up. The quote from Travis. Not just competitive personalities, we've always had that, but also personalities that like to push things to the limit. If we weren't all really great dudes, this thing would blow up in a minute. Yeah, I guess I'm not really sure what blow up in a minute means. You know? Like, it did kind of blow up. Um, It was a ton of discussion. It took forever to get very far with it. Was the point getting far with it or just the well, I discussion? Don't know. I, I don't know. Like, to me, it should have just all been resolved pretty quickly. Um, it felt a little silly. But, but so I guess in my opinion, like, it was pushed unnecessarily far. Like, yeah. So I don't know. Um, I guess I'm disagreeing with Travis's assessment of what happened. And therefore, I'm confused by his statement about it. If that makes sense. I might need one more clarifying statement. Rephrase one more time. I, I just think that uh, I mean I appreciate that Travis thinks we're all such good dudes, and I think that that is true. But I don't know. I'm not big on pot stirring, and I think that we've stirred the pot too much, and it felt a little silly. Hmm. We have time for a quick commercial break. We do. This episode of Dad Pods is brought to you by Fisher & Associates. Have you been injured in a car accident? Did you eat something that made you sick? Are you generally mad at somebody and want to sue them? Contact Fisher & Associates. We'll help you out. And we're back. So in the group being, we've had several arguments throughout the year. Mm -hmm. Some good, some bad. Some just bold hot takes that you immediately take back a few lines later. That's why we love the group me. But there was one dispute that we've specifically been asked if you could bring down a final judgment Whoa. and just clearly decide this one. So Treyko TC submitted this argument and he says, Cody, can you please rule on Pikel Rico and resolve the statement? This year's results should be in dispute on the grounds that trades were made in such a way that league owners were not given their league ordained rights to veto. Now, I'm not actually arguing that they should be, not going to be that guy, but I also think I could win a court case, especially if it was against Travis. My argument, the league was set up in good faith so that each owner would have the power to veto a trade. On multiple occasions this year, league owners were denied that right because the full details of delayed trades like Pakel McNichol or one-week rentals were not provided. As a result, league owners did not know what they were voting on or choosing to abstain from, and could not adequately evaluate the fairness of any trade or employ their veto for other reasons, protesting these types of trades by category, strategy, etc., with the execution of these trades. The good faith nature they had put in the basic setup of the league, i.e., I will have the power to cast a vote on any potential trades that are proposed, was fumbled by our commissioner. These trades cast doubt on our results. Example? Would they have still gone through if people knew what they were voting on? What other trades would have happened instead of 
if rentals or delays were not an option, etc. My closing statement. One can only conclude then that if we as commissioners were not permitted the opportunity to veto in good faith, then one cannot accept these final standings in good faith. I'll comment on that first. Well, I guess we should hear Travis's first. Yeah. The response from Travis. Rebuttal. The complainant suggests that the results of this year's competition have been undermined because managers have been denied their veto rights due to inadequate or incomplete disclosure of trade details. The commissioner has the following to offer in response. First, as this year has made abundantly clear, it's in the nature of competitions such as our own to necessitate a constant negotiation of standards of fair play, including a negotiation about whether such standards exist or should exist as written rules, informal norms, or unwritten common sense judgments. It's also become clear that in different ways, players have, not unreasonably, acted at the boundary line of appropriateness, where rules are not explicitly articulated. In such cases, it is the job of the commissioner and the league to decide whether wrongdoing has occurred which requires rectification. See the case of League versus Greer 2018. Mr. Coe alleges that the trade between myself and Mr. McNichol involved incomplete information. To that, I would respond thusly. A. I have not been able to find a rule on the books, either previously articulated in our league or on the Yahoo Standards of Fair Play or ESPN Standards of Fair Play, which explicitly requires such information to be shared publicly. B. In this instance, information about the trade was shared privately by Mr. Pakel to Mr. Whispleway and later publicly by Mr. Whispleway to the entire internets before the player in question was returned to the original team. All owners had access to this information and also had the power to veto the second part of that trade. They should have, and that, in that case, I would have had Pat Mahomes still. This also demonstrates that Mr. Pakel was not actively suppressing such information. As the season has progressed, allowing for reasoned reflection on common practices, participants in the league have had the opportunity to clarify and define the acceptable limits of fair play that we desire in our league. My own thinking has been refined through this incident and other so-called rental trade incidents, resulting in my own judgment not holding that it is best practice that all details should be revealed at the time a trade occurs, and that beyond best practice, next year, this should be a written or at least public or publicly articulated rule. Nevertheless, it would be grossly overstating the matter to conclude the behavior that was not explicitly prohibited and at most violates the best aspirations of the League should nullify the entire collective enterprise. This would be an instance of ex post facto punishment, which our legal system generally prohibits. A final note with respect to good faith and the veto system. It remains the judgment of the commissioner that the veto rule exists solely for the purpose of checks and balances so the league has a mechanism for preventing unfair and collusive trades. The conduct of Mr. Coe has shown that he is willing to use such power for personal gain rather than for the public good, and so his judgments about good faith use of vetoes is a priori dubious and suspect. I respectfully wait the judge's ruling. <laughs> so I, uh, this is my first time running through these arguments, and I need to qualify everything by uh, stating that I, uh, it looks like Travis probably knows more about the legal system than I do. Um, <laughs> but um, I will offer my, my uh, thoughts off the top of my head. So, you know, starting with Trace, um, initial argument, there's kind of two prongs there. He's, he's saying that one, um, there's kind of this good faith nature of, of how the league is set up, and that's been violated by certain traits. 
and then um, and then second that it casts doubts on the results and so that therefore we should not we cannot uh, accept the final standings in good faith and and so you know I think that first part of his argument um, you know there's something there like if you if you expect to have a veto power uh, to kind of to use against uh, different trade strategies to, to have a trade strategy where it's not all disclosed initially and you don't know what you're vetoing or not. Um, that is a bit problematic. But I think the problem with Trey's argument is that uh, it's a big leap from there to, uh, you know, that causing the, the final standings to be in question. I think this seems like something we could, um, if, we, if we got some data uh, from Caleb, I mean, we could determine pretty quickly, did these trades, um, we could probably, see the point value to, to how they affected uh, the league standings. If we if somebody wanted to do that analysis, it'd probably be a little, um, probably wouldn't be super fun. But um, I think that would be, that's more of a question of fact, I guess. Did, did it cause any, did these trades um, increase anybody's record points? Did it affect the playoff race at all? Um, and then I guess we're also working with a pretty big hypothetical too, because we'd have to go back and ask, you know, if, if Trey did have all the details of, say, the Pacal McNichol trade from earlier in the year, would he have, have vetoed? Um, I guess that's the more interesting part of this. Is, it, is there a way to prove that? Uh, I'm not sure there is. But I don't know, I don't know if we're, we can jump all the way to questioning the results of the league uh, because a few trades were made outside the, the scope of the good faith assumption. Um, but, a, but a lot of good stuff there. I think my favorite part about Travis's argument is that he uh, he offers every, he says in here that he offers everything as a response, but not a defense. Um, which I don't really know what that means. Seems like a defense. Uh, is a response not a defense? I don't know. Seems like he could clear that up. Um, but yeah, other than that, he's got a lot of good stuff in there. Um, there is an element of I think the league is is kind of figuring out its its own rules as it goes, and uh, part of that journey is it's you know it happens in the group meet. It's fun. It's interesting. It's engaging. It keeps people engaged. Uh, there's some uh, there's some positives to that. Um, and I don't know if we'd want a, a written rule though, um, which it, it sounds like he's not advocating for a, a written rule uh, or at least publicly articulated rule, as he says. Um, because I, I do think having trades kind of happen on the border of legality is pretty fun. Um, yeah, but I also, you know, Travis too, maybe the, the critique you can give this argument is he, he kind of sometimes reverts into that tone of, uh, you know, can't please everybody as the commissioner, which that's a little bit too easy of an argument um, to use. So I don't know. I'd have to do some more thinking about this uh, before I could make a definitive ruling. But uh, there's some good points. Uh, there's some some interesting takes. And uh, hopefully this will uh, be a continuing discussion. So preliminary ruling. I'm gonna, I might have to side with the commissioner just because I don't think there's a, a close enough causal connection in Trey's argument. Uh, can't jump from a few trades violating good faith to uh, to putting in question the standings of the league. But if he was able to prove able material to prove impact... Yeah, he'd have to prove, one, that there was material impact in terms of points scored, games won or lost, and that, two, that he and others would have actually vetoed, uh, vetoed such a trade, which I don't know if we would have at the time of the season. And that's... Yeah, I think that one would be a lot tougher to prove, just given... Yeah. The historical nature of vetoes, the historic incident of the Whistleway Waffle trade debacle is the only vetoed trade that I know of. 
And uh, the one failed Stephen Robert trade, I think, was also vetoed. Or was that just removed? I think it was vetoed. It was vetoed. But, uh, yeah, that, that seems like the more difficult part of the argument. No, you got to get out of here. Three quick questions before you head out. Combine-related. One, what right now would be the event that you bring into the equation? Mm-hmm. Give us one combine event that you are going to win. Mm-hmm. And then uh, the dad bod book that we're in the process of writing, what, what chapter are you going to contribute? Mm. I think I'd like to uh, bring Can Jam into the combine. Uh, it's a pretty fun game. It's a team game. Gets pretty heated. Uh, any sort of distance race, mile or more, I think I could win. So if, if the 5K happens. 5K happens. You I'm think you're beating Travis. Win. He's beating yeah. Travis. You heard it here. I'm calling it here. Um, and then what chapter of the book would I write? I'd write a chapter just talking about forming impressions of people purely through group interaction. It's a really interesting way to get to know somebody. Um, yeah. And uh, I'd write something about that. That's awesome. Yeah. That sounds, I want to read that. <laughs> Okay. This has been a great episode. Thanks for having me. Thanks for being here. Thanks for being here. Good luck in the playoffs. Go fall on a well. You can say it too if you want. Go fall on a well. <laughs> <laughs>